Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Jamal Murray, Kelly Olinick, Joey Devine, Tristan Thompson, Nick Sauce Castillo Stauskas, Sean Keen. Ray Lyles, Dylan Brooks, special guest Sean Woodley, musical guest the new pornographers, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, your host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine, and we are here with a very special Canadian edition of Roundball Rock. Our second ever Canadian is here, the host of Locked On Raptors, Sean Woodley. Sean, how are you? I'm good. Who's the first Canadian guest that you had on? We had Will, comedian extraordinaire Will Weldon, who is both a Spurs fan and a Raptors fan, and I have not talked to him since about the Kawhi thing since, <laughs> because I'm afraid. Yeah, he's, he's on Canadian on this podcast. Then. <laughs> he's he could... the angriest person I know already. <laughs> um, uh, the other voice you hear is the other Sean on our podcast today, Sean Keen. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Sean, I've got to say, I think I was very surprised that the ghost of Don Pardo went with the new pornographers, uh, uh-huh. not the bare naked ladies or Sloan or yeah, Neil you... Young. I think. Destroy- or the arcade fire. <laughs> I think Destroyer was the musical guest last episode, actually. I I think that might be actually I correct. Think maybe <laughs> he, you know, like he was just in town, maybe, or... 
Don Pardo's getting into the deep cuts. I don't know. Don Pardo loves Rush, though. He just didn't think it was believable. I was expecting Our show. Lady Peace myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So before we get to uh, the main the main show, uh, I just want to announce real quick. Again, we will name your fantasy teams. Uh, we named two fantasy teams this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one man who was both a who uh, our friend Trace who paid us to name two fantasy teams. It's a dollar, a dollar a team. You Venmo yeah. us, we'll name the teams for you. Uh, he didn't tell us what team names he went with, but here are some options we <laughs> sent him. This uh-huh. is the kind of stuff that you will get if you pay us for this. Uh-huh. Uh, for this, here's here's a list of names we sent him: the Gross Rexman. The Ryan that went up a Tannehill and came down a mountain. That's a very good name. If you use that for your fantasy team, just send us a dollar. Yeah. If you have uh, unlimited characters. For 20 O'Calloway, mm-hmm. Tinker Baker Mayfield Spy. <laughs> Sorry to bother you. Uh, Danny Werfel's hairline. Uh, Tebow framed Aaron Hernandez. Well, that is one I really huge like. If, huge if true. Uh, Gordon Josh's drug test nightmares. Uh-huh. Uh, I heart in Jared Leto as the in Joker. Uh, Miles Garrett's poetry slam. Uh-huh. Uh, Brog Roback Mountain, and finally, touch me, I'm Gasicki. Uh, uh, I believe that's Bro Groback Mountain. Oh, excuse me, Brogan <laughs> Roback. Let's show some respect to fourth string Cleveland Browns quarterback Brogan Roback. um so we have some reader news for you we went straight canadian on this one Uh for sean we asked for canadian specific questions and we got two that are worthwhile this is round ball rock reader mail communications from listeners why do we call it reader mail it is confusing for robots our first question for Sean Woodley is uh, from Corbin A. Smith, uh, the king of uh, analingus discussion. He wants <laughs> to know. True. It's true. Sean's, does Andrea Bargnani eat ass? I, think... I thought about this all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went back and forth on this uh, ever since like 6 a.m. when I saw it when I woke up this morning. I, I'm landing on no. And oh. I think it's, it's surprising because he's, like, Italian. He's a worldly man. You would uh-huh. think, like, what else, the hell else does he have to do? He's not playing basketball anymore. Why is right, he like, eating ass all day? Marco but, Bellinelli definitely eats ass. Oh, absolutely. But I think yeah. the reason I, so, I say no is that Bargs, I think he's only contractually obligated to eat primo pasta and sauce and nothing else. <laughs> I think he's still into, into the details of his contract with that endorsement that he got in, like, 2008. So oh, yeah. that's why I would say no. Have yeah. you guys seen that commercial, by the way? It's incredible. The Primo Pasta one? Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Okay, just, just making sure. <laughs> <Because> it's, uh, <laughs> for people who don't know, Andrea Bargnani in like 2008 did a Primo Pasta and Sauce commercial. If you don't have Primo Pasta and Sauce in the States, I don't know if you do or not. It's like the stuff that your parents would send with you when you had to donate to a food drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so... He had an endorsement deal where he the, the commercials just him 
hitting the same two shots over and over again while like the head chef for MLSC, the ownership group of like the Maple Leafs and Raptors. Uh, like says, oh, like Bar- Andrea Bargnani needs a healthy, balanced diet to maintain his excellent performance, which is all lies. And then, <laughs> he, and then he proceeds to uh, have like four lines of dialogue, four, four words of dialogue in the in the commercial at the very end, where he goes prima pasto and sauce, and the commercial ends. So uh, that, that that yeah, I, I still think he's probably sort of milking some money from that, and that is why I believe he still only eats pasta and sauce from Primo and not ass at all. Yeah, I think uh, I think they take your Italian citizenship if you don't eat ass. So I'm pretty sure he eats ass. <laughs> uh, I think he doesn't because he's not very effective inside. You know, for you, he has trouble taking it to the rim. <laughs> yeah, he um, tries our... to eat ass, and then like much smaller lovers deny him. Um, our friend Casey Clark also asked, uh, which Raptor is most likely to own a Tim Hortons franchise? Oh, it's, it's interesting that he said own and not manage, because I think <laughs> I think I have the answer to uh, manage. What's your answer? DeLon Wright. <laughs> Why <is> DeLon Wright? <laughs> He's like he's reliable at the controls, but like you don't necessarily want him. Like running one single Tim Horton seems like exactly the right amount of responsibility for him. I think he'd be good at like uh, you know distributing the work and uh, coffee. Tim Hortons is like coffee and donuts. What else does Tim yeah. Hortons have? Uh, they, I've only seen one in here. Buffalo, but I guess they're yeah. everywhere now. So I used to work at a Tim Hortons, and when I started there, it was just that. It was, like, coffee, donuts, maybe a bagel, or, like, a BLT at the most. And now they have, like, pulled pork sandwiches and grilled cheese and a whole bunch of shit that you would never want to eat from a Tim Hortons. Like, imagine Dunkin' Donuts having all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not even... Yeah, I'm not even not... super. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not even super comfortable with a breakfast sandwich at Dunkin' Donuts. That's yeah, no, no, it's uh, it's absolutely terrible. So, a little story about when I worked at Tim Hortons. So, I was a baker, which uh-huh. was essentially I, I pressed the buttons on this microwave that heated up the donuts to edible temperature. Uh-huh. Um, and for the breakfast, at one point they released this scrambled egg wrap thing. And to scramble the eggs, you just took the pre-made yellow egg patties from the regular breakfast sandwiches and smashed the bag with a hammer. And that was their <laughs> scrambled eggs. <laughs> so Whoa. you're not looking at the highest quality stuff in the world, is my point. Um, my answer to this question, I think, is Pascal Siakam, because this past season, he and Jakob Pertl were in a Tim Hortons commercial together. Whoa. Um, yeah, where they tried to... I think the whole premise of it was they didn't know what a double-double was in coffee terms, only basketball terms. Um, mm-hmm. And then Classic yeah. commercial. Classic I commercial know, idea. Right? It was, uh, it, it was pretty good for Raptors. I mean, we already have covered sort of the standard of Raptors endorsement commercials. Um, so this was a step up from Bargs. Uh, but now that Jakob Pertl's gone, I think Pascal is free to... Taken all that Tim Hortons money, maybe manage the one that's like in the Air Canada Center. Although I think they changed the name of it now to Scotiabank Arena, which sucks. Um, so yeah, the I, I think Pascal Siakam is probably the guy just because he has the in there. 
to go to Sean's original point about being able to manage well, like this would be the perfect gig for Jose Calderon, considering the the, the game management skills he had, the, his ability to manage a farm. Um, oh, yeah, also you could stuff. get them a deal on ham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, delicious Iberico ham. <laughs> um, I think clearly the correct answer is Kyle Lowry, simply because he seems like a man who enjoys a Danish once in a while. But, um, but here's the thing. Do you want that Tim Hortons to completely shut down from May and June? <laughs> Hey, on the plus side, he'll open it up very late at night so, as, like, a show, you know? Yeah, just, like, a oh, solo he's... baking he'll session. Be, he'll, be, he'll be like, yeah, he'll be like, look, we really messed up and did not have any coffee available during our opening hours, but I'm going to come in at 3 a.m. and roast some beans. <laughs> come film me roasting beans at 3 in the morning. And they just can't stop LeBron from coming in there and using the bathroom without purchasing anything. Customers only. Don't care. Um, you guys want to talk about some news? Let's All right, talk about let's do news. it. Uh, our biggest news story of the day, the thing people most want us to talk about for some reason, uh-huh. is... The uh, co-president of the Big Three says Kobe Bryant is going to be in the Big Three next year, which we can all agree is a lie, right? Yeah? Yes. Uh, There's no way that's happening. Unless he's making a very self-important documentary about how much he owned the Big Three for a year. Yeah. I can't really see it. It's weird because... um... The big three is doing staggeringly well in the ratings, which I almost don't really believe. But, uh, yeah, the games are live on Friday and apparently um, get similar ratings to regular season NBA games, or at least the semifinals of the playoffs did. Or at the very least, the Nickelodeon shows Richard Deitch compares to first take. Oh, yeah. Um, and it seems like it seems like FS1 is way more invested this year. Um, as someone who uh, saw a very rumpled Colin Coward at the Big Three draft at the FS1 studios, they're they're as all in as FS1 can really be, is what I would say. <laughs> Are they doing well, like attendance wise? Because I went to the one in Toronto a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. and we bought tickets for the Upper Bowl for like fifteen bucks. And when we got there, they're like, oh, go to this table. You're getting moved down. And we're like, okay. And they moved us to the sixth row. And it was just like half full in the bottom bowl. They closed the top. And there weren't that many people there. And, like, is that a, like a regularly occurring thing? with Because, like, I can't say that I watched the big three. Well, they um, uh, – it depends on the city. Last year, their <laughs> whole thing was they were going to, like, underserved areas that liked basketball. So there was, like <laughs> – they played at Key Arena, they played in Tulsa, they played in Lexington, Kentucky. This year it's been all NBA arenas, which mm-hmm. is probably good for the prestige, but, like, somewhat bad for the live experience. I've only seen, <laughs> I've only attended at the Staples Center. But, like, right. um, I mean, I think maybe the reason they're 
doing it is just kind of like the legitimacy and that they're focusing on uh, the TV product more. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's been pretty variable. Like a lot of people went in Chicago. I don't I don't know how it's going to go in Brooklyn, you know. I still had a good time with the one I went to. I think uh, that was the one where uh, Meta World Peace refused to come out of the game. And then <laughs> Charles Oakley screamed at him when he eventually did. <laughs> He's been ejected from a big three game, another, a different big three game, very, very early in the game. Like, that doesn't shock me. I think it was 4 nothing at the time of his ejection. <laughs> Uh, Bonzi Wells got ejected at the one I was at too, and then kicked a chair. That's incredible! Like, yeah, I would have been how big had Bonzi was... Wells not been ejected at the big three event I attended. Uh, I have to say, an unnamed player at the draft uh, was absolutely furious at the drafting of Bonzi Wells, who had, <laughs> I believe, medically retired from the big three, and then surprisingly entered the draft uh, the next day. <laughs> And uh, he seemed pretty convinced that he was only drafted because Jermaine O'Neal has been smoking weed with him for 20 years. And look, that unnamed player knows about corruption because he played for Rick Pitino. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, there's... there's... That's a hint. Just a little hint for you guys. (laughs) Well, and you get... get... (laughs) You do get a few things when you see these guys and you're like... Wow, that 28-year-old trying out for the former lottery pick yeah, can really dunk. And then you watch the draft, and it's like, we would like to select Marcus Banks. <laughs> like, 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 it's not – they're not aiming for the highest level of quality, which is why there's a guy named Andre Emmett who is just wrecking shop in the big three. And it's like, what's his, what's his real ability? And it's like being 30 years old. <laughs> like, like – you could really beat the crap out of uh, Mike Bibby just by that requirement. Well, Mike Bibby, there is. Can Mike Bibby's legs support like his body? He's now? been hurt almost the entire season. Yeah. So no. He, no. He, he was amazing in the one I saw. He had uh, like his team. I think was like winless at the time, and then they pulled out a win on like a four pointer by him or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy to see late period Sammy Sosa playing basketball. <laughs> Um, uh, the, uh, the but good we should thing, get yeah. back to the actual part of the story. Oh, yeah. We are getting too mired in the basketball Wait, hold, part. Wait, well, the finals, the big three final is coming up. So We'll uh, talk about that later. Okay. Let, let, Kobe Bryant is the lead story, you guys. Um, my question for you is, what would the big three have to offer Kobe Bryant to actually get him to play in the big three i mean the ability is it like dominate? uh is it like cnbc's the profit would he demand 51 percent of the big three and control it's like a shark tank like yeah. offer to him to invest yeah. and then also play uh i mean i don't i'm not really sure the owner i think ice cube and his partner basically just own the league there, right. there aren't, like, different individually owned franchises. Well, there were those, like, they had those Qatari own, uh, those Qatari business investors, too, remember? Yeah, who were, like, embezzling through Roger Mason Jr. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of intrigue for the big three. Um, I mean, I think they just need to introduce him to more storytellers. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's right. where he and Ice Cube 
have common ground is that that's their primary interest right now is telling stories. You know, it's true. Are we there yet? Um, Dear basketball, <laughs> Kansas, Kansas City. City. The pl- what if there was like a <laughs> the barbershop a... universe? Yeah, the the shop verse. <laughs> yeah, like the you BCU, could have... the barbershop cinematic universe. universe. <laughs> okay, so that involves the nail shop. Are we there yet? Do, does the ride along happen in the barbershop universe? No, not at all. Okay, no. Um, Could it maybe be like an expansion type thing? Like if they add, there are ten teams, eight teams. What are they? There's right eight now? teams right now. It's, so they add, they make it ten, mm-hmm. and the two teams are Kobe's team, where he gets to pick his teammates. Just uh-huh. he has full autonomy for that, so he gets to pick his subordinates. Yeah, and then the opposing the, the new the, the the other the other new team the tenth team is just a team of Jalen Rose, Morris Peterson, and whoever else was on that Raptors team the ninety four eighty one the eighty oneers yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that that's um, that's the only way it's happening. So here's why I think this story came out is I don't know if you saw this weekend a weird reporter asked Stephen Jackson. If the big three was too physical for Kobe Bryant to play in it, uh-huh. like a weird slight on Kobe Bryant. And Steven Jackson got really mad, of course, uh-huh. because Steven Jackson is always really mad. Uh, but this feels to me like a thing where like Kobe Bryant saw like his manhood getting like uh, uh, called out by a reporter. And he's like, yeah, I'll play. And then next year he'll roll around and he'll have forgotten how mad he was at that one reporter. And he'll be like, no, why would I play in the big three? That's insanity. I have stories to tell. I mean, now, now the the thing that might... Look, he, had, he hasn't really publicly said that. It's just the founder of the big three was like, hey, he might play. Uh, but that guy was at one time an incredibly powerful Hollywood talent agent. So based on his, like... 2002 client roster at the firm it's very possible that you know um kobe just wants to collaborate with like gwen stefani or 50 (laughs) (laughs) is that reporter all that wrong what is he is he like is kobe actually physically able to play professional basketball right now at any level i mean probably at the big three but i mean the big three is like he, I think he would get hurt. Yeah, like everyone gets hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think. Look, I hate Kobe Bryant. Uh-huh. I think that's been established. Uh, but I think that it would be in the big three's benefit to let Kobe Bryant score like thirty points a game in the big three for a year. <laughs> like, if they want to, con- that could legitimately save the big three based on how much people love Kobe Bryant for reasons that still baffle old Joey Devine. <laughs> Would there be, like, insane Twitter people who defend his, three, his like, big three abilities as well to the depth? Oh, like, yeah. would they get as oh, aggressive sure. as they do in the NBA context? Look, it would end up being them demanding LeBron James join the big three to prove yeah. who is actually the best <laughs> basketball player on earth. I would just love to see one of those like Laker legends things, but it's just the legends of the big three on a mural. 
So, so it's, it's like, like Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, uh, Richard <laughs> McCants, uh, maybe Brian Scalabrini's on there for his work as a player coach. Um, <laughs> and then, like, they paint like 20% of Allen Iverson to represent the amount of games he played <laughs> in the initial season. Uh, oh, you got to put Al Harrington there, the initial winner of the Too Hard to Guard award. And then, like, Kobe's there as the last figure. Like, looking up at them? Yeah, looking up at them, like, I can do this. <laughs> oh, and then, and then what would be great is if, like, angry Ricky Davis fans defaced it. Right, this is Ricky's league. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. That's enough big three talk. For now, we'll get to the championship, Sean. Don't well, also, worry. Also... Can you imagine how many big three games Kobe would like arrive at late to make a dramatic entrance? And oh, because he was writing a. Poem. I was writing a poem, or I was. Sorry, I was just. I was. We I were was getting fuel for the doc. Yeah. <laughs> I was having a real hard time with this haiku. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Tom Chambers beat up a guy. Yeah. At a restaurant who was talking trash to him. Sean, do you want to run us through this story? Because so, so, I did not see this. Former NBA All-Star, Phoenix, 1987 All-Star Game MVP, Tom Chambers. Uh, I don't understand the backstory, but apparently he was at like a bar slash restaurant and a random guy was heckling him. <laughs> I don't And it's not, it's not clear if he knew it was NBA star... Tom Chambers or not, or if it was just a random guy. A court now. A co this is according to Tom Chambers, who is who has been charged with assault after this. Uh, he trash talked him. Here are some things he said. Trash talking. You're not shit, which is like a weird <laughs> grammatical <laughs> way. Uh, he said you're tall and scrawny. Look at your big head. All of these. You know, could double as Boston Celtics crowd chant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tall, you're tall and scrawny. And <laughs> I'll get your big head. And then, uh, according to Tom Chambers, this was the trash talk that pushed him over the line. Your mom should have killed you when you came out of the womb as ugly as you are. Your arms are skinny. Your chest is thin. Your belly is big. And after that, Tom Chambers apparently. Uh, picked up the guy by the throat and shoved him into a wall. I think picked up is probably mm. not correct. Uh, he, but the, it would have been way better if he double need him in the face like he did Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, that would have been <laughs> yeah. so tight. Um, and anyway, the other guy has been charged with disorderly conduct. Um, I don't think Tom Chambers is going to jail, to prison at least. Where was this? Was it in? Was, I think it was, was in it... Phoenix. Yeah, I was going to say, was this it? And this actually, sounds like very Arizona behavior. <laughs> and I've, I feel like I've seen a similar thing happen in, like, Scottsdale. Oh, he was in Scottsdale. Okay, he was in Scottsdale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Story uh, checks out. Yeah. Story checks out. <laughs> was this a student from Arizona State? Was this a 70-year-old retired man? It's not clear. <laughs> <laughs> was it Frankie Muniz? Yeah, I mean, he um, is he is Mr. Scottsdale. Man, that would have been our lead story if it was Frankie Muniz. Oh, it was a uh, it was a twenty two year old. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, it was a drunk. It was a drunk Arizona State student. Um, 
So my question for you two is, if you were going to heckle Tom Chambers, what would you go with? Because these are bad heckles, let's be honest. None of these are good. <laughs> I think I'd make fun of his mullet, probably, just, just offhand. Um, yeah. yeah. Or, or something esoteric like the, the Seattle Supersonics don't exist anymore, and in a way... It's like a piece of your past has been erased. You're not a complete person anymore, Tom Chambers. And your belly is big. See, I would have just yelled, not Dan Marley. <laughs> See, I, I'm ill-equipped to talk about this question because uh, he retired from regularly playing in the NBA when I was like two years old. Also, so before no Canada had a team. Yeah, yeah. Also that, yeah. So he, like, <laughs> the NBA, like the, like the Sonics being gone erased a part of the soul of Tom Chambers. Like, I don't have any NBA soul before 1995. Mm. Fair point. All right, that's All right. fair. Well, maybe... He did Let's make talk it. About... Oh, Sorry, ahead, he John. did play briefly in '97, but yeah. <laughs> Once Maybe the Raptors make fun of him by showing him his stat lines from his last two seasons. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I think he might have been anti-Canada because once the Raptors joined the league, he immediately starts playing for uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv. <laughs> Um, all right, let's talk about another. This is a story we missed that happened in June, but it's a very round ball rock story, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, former NBA player, J.J. Hickson, uh, committed an armed robbery in June uh, where he broke a teenager's nose in a home invasion and stole a hundred grand. Yeah, this seems uh, like, like an organized crime. Yeah, this is this is bad news. But Sean, the only reason this is on here is because you had a joke you wanted to tell. <laughs> tell your joke right now. Uh, yeah, he was charged with felony theft, and uh, he should have been charged for felony theft by the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems like the last guy in the world who would need a hundred thousand dollars after yeah. the swindle he pulled off in his entire NBA career. Yeah, he, it, earned, he earned 366k from the Wizards two years ago. Yeah, and he had a he had a 15 million dollar contract. I mean, it's weird because he was like washed up at 25. He's only 29 now. Well, he's the ultimate LeBron made him better guy, right? He's like the number one. It like when uh, <laughs> like JJ Hickson is like. Um, Tristan Thompson 1.0, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're like the same guy. <laughs> I laugh, but if J.J. Hickson were on the Raptors, he'd be like the second best power forward in Raptors history. So I don't know, I can't throw any stuff. Hey, don't don't let's let's lay off Jorge Garbajoso, okay? Oh, oh, wow, <laughs> poor guy. I don't know if he has a, a two legs today. I, I think. Yeah, uh, an amputee after what happened. Oh, oh, oh boy! I should I'm probably not, stop bringing up that. Jorge Garbo. <laughs> no, I, I, that might not be true. It just feels like something that might have happened because you don't really hear about him after what happened. Ugh. Um, speaking of the Denver Nuggets, uh, we have a Canadian themed news story about Brown Ball Rocks. Uh, 
it seems like this guy is going to be Round Ball Rock's MVP this year. Uh, it's, he's making an early an early jump on it for sure. Michael Bo- Michael Porter Jr., uh, Denver Nuggets superstar, uh, uh, con man, uh, NBA 2K con man. Um, someone asked him a bunch of rookie trivia questions, and here are some things Michael Porter Jr. thought. Uh, he thought Vince Carter was a rookie in 1987. <laughs> and he did not know that the Memphis Grizzlies used to play in Canada or anywhere besides Memphis. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Bagley was very good at all the questions. Of he, course he was. <laughs> he's smart. Uh, do you want to know another weird uh, J.J. Hickson fun fact? Um, sure. I mean, it's quick. Uh <laughs> I mean, you don't. But, I mean, uh, is it more fun than the news story we had about him breaking people's noses? I mean, that's <laughs> both more and less fun. No, it's it's uh, he's part of a hilarious trade where the Cavs trade him to the the Kings for oh for uh, Omri Caspi, Omri Caspi, and a protected number one pick that um, has like five years of protection on it. And because the Kings end up in the lottery every one of those years, it eventually just becomes a second-round pick and gets passed around to all these different teams and eventually becomes Jordan Bell. Wild. (laughs) So the Warriors acquired, six years later, Omri Caspi and Jordan Bell essentially in the same week. (laughs) And, and, And then... Almost a year later, J.J. Hicks had broke a child's nose with a gun <laughs> to steal money. Is the teen whose nose he broke Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. being an asshole <laughs> with 2K? Um, yeah, it's like a Robin Hood situation. Um, <laughs> um, but here was my question about Michael Porter Jr., Sean. As yeah. a Canadian man mm-hmm. uh, and a Canadian basketball fan, uh, what did you do to Michael Porter Jr. to make him specifically attack you with the answer to these cool trivia questions? Based on the reporting on this podcast and others, I think he just doesn't like socialized health care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> refuses to acknowledge any country that has it. Yeah. That's, that's all I got. Yeah, no, that's a good answer. <laughs> um, Vince Carter as a rookie in 1987... Uh, how many, like, if he, if he was a rookie actually in 1987, uh, wouldn't he just be Dominique Wilkins? That's my question. Uh, I guess. Did Dominique ever give up on his team? He just got, like, an Achilles injury. And, I mean, like, he, it's like, he couldn't really avoid it. Like, Vince kind of had, for like, the a Clippers, fake Achilles injury. So. <laughs> yeah, no, Dominique, uh, he was, he was Traded by the Utah Jazz because they were unwilling to pay him after drafting him like third in the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. That's kind of tight. But that's the team quitting on him. I think the Hawks kind of quit on Dominique Wilkins too. Do you think? Do you, you think? I think Vince Carter is still. Uh, well, I don't know. I think maybe his level of athleticism would have made him like considered a witch. In 1987. <laughs> also, also, here's something I might have dragged him down. <laughs> Do you know Dominique Wilkins's f- real first name is Jacques? No, Jacques Dominique Wilkins. Whoa, 
That sounds like a guy who would have been drafted post Dirk Mania and really disappointed a team. <laughs> like somebody that like the like uh, the Nuggets or the Mavericks would be re- fans would be like really mad about. Like You're just talking oh, about Roddy Bobois, <laughs> kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he scored 50 points against the Warriors at a game I was at. <laughs> <laughs> would uh, would Dominique Wilkins had made it past the second round if he went by Jacques? Or no? Or, or would it have been a more... Decision? He would not have made the NBA. Yeah. Well, because, because of his chain-smoking would have really limited... His athleticism. So. No, only Jerry Krause would have been into him, and like, <laughs> and and uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen would not have allowed it to happen. They would have like went and played him in like some summer tournament and like physically destroyed him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it does. It does kind of feel like. Um... Dominique Wilkins did the equivalent of Kobe Bryant joining the big three in the mid nineties where he just like, he just left the Celtics and went and played in Greece and was like won every award. Like is like, I'm just taking this random Greek team to the Euro league title. <laughs> and uh, right. It's like the final four MVP, <laughs> but it is like, it was kind of like he was playing against children. Like it was like Costa Kufos's dad. Um, <laughs> um, as Warriors fans, are you guys mad that Vince Carter got traded on draft night? Is that like a thing that you guys are upset? About? Oh, it was. I it was something I was upset about for like most of my life. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, just making for sure. Me, for yeah, just yeah, making yeah. sure Vince Carter left the trail of destruction more than one place. It felt it felt weird though that like it was a dumb trade, but. I didn't. I just never felt like they actually had him. Yeah, that's that, does that make sense? The like trade he... was super. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trade doesn't make any sense, right? It was just like they were scared the Raptors were going to take Antoine Jameson and trade him somewhere, so they tr- swapped picks to avoid that. And they gave him like why didn't just two hundred grand Raptors, or yeah, something? Like why didn't the Raptors? Yeah, why didn't the Raptors just take Vince Carter and be done with it? I don't get that. I, I mean, they but the Warriors nice, were so. very easy to trick in the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> and so were the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the you know how they talk about the immovable object and the unstoppable force. This was the stoppable force, and like an object that was floating. But... <laughs> Uh, like yeah, two it, dead fish just running into each other, into each other in like a current in the ocean. That's yeah. about it. Well, and, and um, hey, look! Wins. At least Antoine Jameson scored fifty points in back-to-back games. <laughs> <laughs> Something Warriors fans would say for years after watching him put up garbage flip shot after garbage flip shot. <laughs> uh, a friend of ours. <laughs> was at a bar in San Francisco the night the Warriors drafted Troy Murphy, and Antoine Jameson was also there. And when the Warriors drafted Troy Murphy, he chugged his beer, slammed it on the bar, and stormed out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can't argue with it. <laughs> But also, like, who did he think 
I, I can't even imagine having been on the Warriors for three years and just being like, what? This is my team. I'm untouchable here. I'm on the Warriors in 2001. <laughs> yeah, they have three first-round draft picks, but how could they possibly pick anyone at my position? Did he, like, feel threatened by Troy Murphy, of yes. all people? <laughs> um all right sean you want to walk us through this miles turner story before oh. we get, get into some raptor news like yeah. kenny smith always demands <laughs> uh yeah i guess i guess evan i guess sorry not evan turner miles turner jesus uh apparently everyone was like hey miles turner wasn't really that good Last year, he seemed like he got really tired, and it turned out uh, he was pretty fat. He was a skinny <laughs> fat man, uh, and apparently his big off-season thing is he posted it before and after, which was more it notable. It looked like Alex Jones. I mean, but it was like, <laughs> the notable thing to me was that he's not like that ripped now. It was just like, he he looked like 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 one of my friends with his shirt off in that first picture. <laughs> And apparently he eats like my friends because he he apparently has uh, cut his body fat in half. He now has 8% body fat. And his solution was to stop eating burgers, fried chicken, uh, and eight slices of pizza in a setting. Excuse me? I guess he would just How many slices of pizza? Eight. Eight? Eight? To like me, New that York just says. Or like... I'm assuming he just means a whole pizza, right? Like, why would you? <laughs> I mean, again, if they cut pizza in like a totally unprecedented way, just in the city of Indianapolis, I would completely buy it. If it was like, yeah, 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 you know, just like how Cincinnati, like all of those, like we cut it into silver dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, it's in a, a spool. The way pizza's meant to be eaten, just like how. Cincinnati's like that too, where you're like you're in Ohio, and yet somehow you're the Deep South, which is also Indianapolis, where it's like, why does this diner waitress have a Southern accent? <laughs> uh, our special today is the Indianapolis uh, spaghetti, which yeah. is uh, uh, it's a meat sauce made with Hershey's syrup. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It also, it also, it's funny that like clearly this is because he's afraid of Sabonis taking all his minutes, and it's amazing that someone who grew up in Lithuania and Portland is like still more of a healthy food person. <laughs> I mean, not that Portland doesn't have healthy food, but I'm mean, just all those food trucks, man. How can you resist? Yeah, those voodoo donuts. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Sex trafficking um, slash donut shop. I was going to bring up QAnon there and then decided not to. Tim Hortons um, doesn't do sex trafficking, right, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> we did have one reader question, which I wanted to uh, ask you that is also Tim Hortons related, Sean. Oh, okay. sure. I mean, not just to <laughs> – I figure we should hit it. Uh, and uh, this question comes from uh, – at Dark Canuck fourteen, does he do, does Sean Woodley remember which Tim Hortons he was at when Vince threw down the three sixty windmill? <laughs> <laughs> I was probably in bed to be honest. I was like seven. 
I had to watch it on tape. <laughs> Sure. So, so you, were you had been a child in your dreams. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. at. Uh, I was just envisioning the hell that would be my life seven years later when I got a job <laughs> at a Tim Hortons. Um, um, the other, the other question was uh, at Sean T. Green, host of Sean's Sports Sean Show. Sports Show and the gambling, the sports gambling podcast. Uh, he asked. He he put a USA Today story about a woman being caught on camera pooping at Tim Hortons and then throwing her excrement at an employee. He asks, "How common is this at Tim Hortons?" <laughs> <laughs> so I never saw that when I worked there. Mostly, the Tim Hortons I've seen are like gathering places for old people whose spouses have died. And they just kind of like hang out with each other, and it's like a support group. Uh, there's a couple that are a little more seedy. Like the one I worked at, I it was like I don't know, it was like ten o'clock at night, and this was a, one of those places where like jabronis with Pontiac Sunfires with spoilers hang out in front of, and kind of <laughs> you know, be cool and sit, sit in front of their cars and drink coffee all night. Uh, and one night, this guy comes in with his ass bleeding. And says, "Can someone call an ambulance? I just got stabbed in the ass and was bleeding all over the floor." <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah. So, that's the closest I can. That's the closest something I've seen to coming out of someone's ass and being thrown around the Tim Hortons. He didn't quite throw the blood around, but it was just like spilling everywhere. So that's the that's that. And then I think the other crazy thing I heard, or that is like a story up here, is there's this guy Ryan O'Reilly who's a hockey player for I don't know what team now. He got a DUI for uh, probably more. I think he got acquitted, but he drove his car into a Tim Hortons window drunk, and it just like wasn't a problem. He ended up like not getting charged, or <laughs> it got the charges dismissed just because I guess he was a famous hockey player. I don't know, but yeah, that, those are the craziest Tim Hortons stories I have. But no, I've never seen the the woman pooping and <laughs> although I'm sure it happened. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get to our final. This leads us into Raptors questions. But our uh-huh. final news story of the day. Uh-huh. The Raptors, Sean Woodley's Toronto Raptors, mm-hmm. hired Kawhi Leonard's childhood friend, whose name <laughs> is Jeremy Castleberry and Fake not name. Uncle Dennis, <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> Uh, he, away from the Spurs, he was a video coordinator, and I assume Nick Nurse has hired him to be a Kawhi Whisperer. <laughs> um, and our question for you, Sean, is can he get a work visa? I, I think it's pretty easy. We're pretty chill up here. I don't, I don't see why he couldn't. My thing with Jeremy, Jeremy Castleberry, is that his name? Yes, yeah. that is yeah. his name. The thing I'm trying to determine is, like, where hiring Kawhi Leonard's, like, childhood friend ranks in all-time Raptors moments. And, like, I've come to the conclusion that it's definitely higher than DeMar DeRozan was ever ranked in an SI list. (laughs) 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 It's, like, right up there. It's pretty, like, last night I was, like, excited that they did this, which speaks to the sadness of the franchise. But um, it's good, I guess. Here's... Yeah. Here's what I worry about with this. Uh, is This has some definite Landry Fields backfire potential. Oh. Where Kawhi Leonard leaves next year and you're stuck with Jeremy Castleberry for the next five years. You sign it. <laughs> Highest paid assistant video coordinator in the NBA. Uh-huh. <laughs> gets paid more than Nick Nurse who gets paid, like, apparently nothing. What if they still thought they could lure Steve Natch to the coaching staff with this? 
I think they. Oh my god, the Landry Fields thing. Let, we, let's let's bring that up. Let's remind okay. our listeners what happened yeah. there. So, so Steve yeah. Nash was a free agent, mm-hmm. uh, and Landry Fields was coming off a pretty good year for the Knicks. And the Knicks and Raptors both thought they could sign Steve Nash. So the Raptors offered Landry Fields a pretty large restricted free agent offer, assuming that the Knicks would match, using up all their cap space to sign Steve Nash. And then the Knicks were like, nah, we're not going to sign Landry Fields for like four for 50. And then neither team signed Steve Nash. He went to the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, the, the thing that you're, you're forgetting about Landry Fields, too, is that after a year, I'm pretty sure he had, like, irreparable nerve damage in his shooting hand, and he had to change hands halfway through his Raptors contract, which uh-huh. didn't help things. Um, that would have been around the same time Rudy Gay uh, got LASIK because it turned out he'd been blind for half his career. <laughs> Brian Colangelo, uh, not good at his job. Normal callers on that guy, though. Very normal Very normal callers. By the new slant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of those, like, panicky... Like, this, it was almost a team with Rudy Gay and Steve Nash and DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, I guess, so that maybe they wouldn't have gotten Kyle Lowry. I can't remember if he was already there or not. Um, yeah, it was... Those were dark times. It's crazy, like, five years later that things aren't sad anymore. Although they... Here's the thing. is like, everyone always shits on the Raptors. Probably, you know, for good reason, because of what's happened in the playoffs and stuff. But, like, most of us are just sitting here like, we're just glad that they're not giving Andrea Bargnani more money. <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> yeah. we're just pretty chill. Yeah, it's, it's, it, like, things are pretty good comparatively. What? So oh, does also, that mean... Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, so does that mean that you don't miss the weird Calderon, Delfino, Euro, Euro Raptors? Oh, I miss those teams all the time because they were, <laughs> until this era, probably the best era of the team, which, once again, speaks to the history. Um, but yeah, there was this dude, Maurizio Gerardini, who was like Brian Colangelo's European liaison, who would just like get all these Euro dudes Anthony Parker came over one time uh, after he destroyed them in a game oh, where they played right. Maccabi Tel Aviv. He like he hit a game winner, scored like thirty five. They're like, oh, I guess we should sign him to be our best small forward of all time. Um, <laughs> and then, and yeah, so that was like a a strange, weird era where it was like a down era for the league and the conference too. So they went like forty seven and thirty five and came third in the conference one year with like. Chris Bosh and Sam Mitchell not knowing what he was doing and like Coach of the Year Sam Mitchell. Coach of the Year Sam Mitchell (laughs) and Jose Calderon being like the second best player. And at that time it felt awesome because we were just off of two years where like Mike James decided in the middle of like February two thousand six that he was gonna try to average twenty points a game on the season (laughs) and just like didn't pass for the next two months and ended up averaging twenty points a game on the season. And got paid by the Wolves and then, I think, died afterwards and is now in the big three. Um, he was actually the guy who was coming in for Meta World Peace when he refused to come in. So that, that carried extra weight for me. Um, so, yeah, no, th- that was a th- – I have fond memories of that era. The, the time they signed Jason Capono to shoot threes and he shot, like, four threes the entire time he was with the Raptors because he just was scared to shoot. Um, that was good, too. The, there, there are some you fond know- memories 
You know Jason Capona wouldn't have been afraid to shoot if his name was Caponovich. <laughs> those of you that don't know, Jason Capono always claimed he be, would have been a top ten pick in the lottery if his last name was Caponovich. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so I, we've had a couple. Que- we had a reader question about Andrea Bargnani. I'm gonna I'm gonna just bring this one up uh it's from corbin smith it's actually <laughs> technically a follow-up uh before you play that will you play him chanting daddy's always happy please yes daddy daddy's always happy 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 okay great thank you corbin smith uh host of Take it or break it with Corbin Smith. Uh, donate to his Patreon. Yes. Uh, Sean, what is the question Corbin his wanted question to ask? Was, uh, was having Bargs on your squad kind of worth it just to, like, have an avatar of loathing that pure and beautiful in your heart? <laughs> now, I, I, that's a good question for Sean. I'm, can, I, can I maybe suggest that Bargani mm-hmm. was not really super depressing until he was traded to the Knicks. Like before that, I don't I don't know, you lived through the experience, but he he seemed like he was just kind of like a mediocre player who happened to have been picked number 1. Right. It seems like yeah. to me on the outside it was always like yeah, that Bargnani pick wasn't good, but like the Raptors just kind of got had bad luck having the number one overall pick like the year there was no good players in the NBA draft. Although, yeah, although then really you look and you're like, you're like, yeah, they, I mean, the draft did include like Brandon Roy and mm-hmm. LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh yeah. Although, those guys aren't depressing. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just you know, saying, you know how much Portland trailblazers fans are happy with, what happened with Brandon Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge? I'm, I'm just saying the Raptors pick either one of those guys or Rudy. G- like, normally if you're looking at this team and you're like, wow, a 22-year-old Chris Bosh and the number one pick in the draft? And then they did not get very much from that number one pick and still got yeah. like a coach of the year thing. But, like, picking almost anyone else would have been a great deal better. I mean... I guess LaMarcus Aldridge is kind of a bummer, but, like, comparatively. Although Adam Morrison went third. If they'd taken Adam Morrison. (laughs) See, I would agree had they not doubled down on it and extended him when he clearly was not worthy of the extension. Because, like, I I don't think he's the worst first overall pick of all time. Like That would be Anthony Bennett. Yeah, who you forgot in the intro. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Canadian superstar Anthony Bennett. Don yeah. Hardo was the famous Canadian, Canadian I know with both sleep nap, apnea and <laughs> asthma. Yeah, Don Parter was going to say his name, but he was out of breath. <laughs> the very so. best Canadian to be like the 11th man on Fenerbahce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, so that draft, I think almost I would have preferred if they just taken Tyrus Thomas and gave up after like two years and were like, okay, he's bad. We're going to wash our hands with this. Instead, they were like, okay, we're going to invest so much in Bargs. We're going to get to see what he looks like as a small forward next to Chris Bosh and Jermaine O'Neal, <laughs> which did not work. Um, 
if, any, if anything, it's nice that that was a good proof of concept for where the NBA should not be going. Um, <laughs> and, and so there's that. And then the, he just like he couldn't rebound, even though he was seven foot one. And he just the, when they gave him the extension, it got so dark. And then he had like one striking game run where he looked really good. I think an all-star thing would be good. I think the starters. Yeah, that's did, where like, the starters yeah. made one of my favorite videos they've yeah. ever made. Yeah, it was like the Andrea Bragnani all-star thing, and then he got hurt, and then like we never heard from him again until he was traded for Jakob Pertl, or what became Jakob Pertl like three years later. And I guess he became part of the Kawhi Leonard trade, so maybe it's good altogether. I don't know. Wow, I didn't even think that yeah. like the Raptors traded Bargnani for Kawhi Leonard. That is <laughs> some wild shit. <laughs> the two two like seemingly tragic things in NBA, uh, you know, Chris, Chris Bosh leaving did give the Rap give the Raptors uh, Jonas Valanciunas, and yeah, Bargnani's going to be turned into Kawhi. So those are yeah, like. Sure. That's pretty Sorry, good go consolation moves. I guess the other... They also got James Johnson the first time from that Chris Bosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they the reacquired... Thing, that, they traded a first-round pick for spider, him later. That, I was going to say that was Spider-Beard-era James Johnson. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another guy who uh, ate pieces of pizza at a sitting until he got to Miami. <laughs> There was another one of those, like, bad things that ended up becoming kind of fortuitous for the Raptors um, in 2012. I don't know if you're familiar with the last game of that season where it was the Raptors and the Nets. The Nets were terrible. They were starting, like, Marshawn Brooks and Sundiata Gaines. And the (laughs) Raptors rolled out this lineup with Ben Uzo as their starting point guard. And Ben (laughs) Uzo got a triple-double. And they won the game by 31. And because of some weird trades, I think it was the Gerald Wallace trade that screwed up the, the draft order that year. But had the Raptors lost that game, they would have had the six best odds in the draft oh. as opposed to eight and would have gotten either Harrison Barnes, probably Harrison Barnes instead of Damian Lillard, but one of those two instead of Terrence Ross, oh. um, which would have disappointed me because I love Terrence Ross, but <laughs> would probably be good in, high, in the overall you know arc of the franchise. But had they... Yeah, and they wouldn't they have that. Serge Ibaka. That's the other yeah, they positive thing that would have yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they would. They Terrence would... Ross, another weird guy who scored fifty points in a game one time. Goddamn right, he scored fifty points in a game one time. Uh, also, the third leading three-point shooter in total makes in Toronto Raptors history. Oh, that is wow! Don't, don't peruse those lists. It's, it's oh, just... we are going. Oh, we're going to do through it. those lists later. We, that is the thing we plan to do with you. Uh... <laughs> Um, what I was going to say about that draft is had they gone six and taken Damian Lillard, they wouldn't have ended up trading for Kyle Lowry, which I think is probably a good thing. And then, I mean, you could argue whether him or Lillard's better. I'd rather have Lowry as a dude to root for, I think. Lowry actually has, as much as he's, like, maligned for his playoff performances, he uh, he, he, he he is now significantly ahead of uh, Lillard in his playoff shooting now. After this season, <laughs> and way ahead uh, of Demar too. It was always Demar's fault. Never yeah, Lillard. Lillard is still ahead of Demar. Demar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yeah. That brings us to my next question. Right. This is what everybody wants to hear from you, Sean. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, who cares about Kawhi Leonard? What's it like to say goodbye to DeMar DeRozan? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a weird month just like trying to digest it all emotionally because I'm absolutely going to like, like Kawhi Leonard a lot less than I like DeMar. Like, DeMar's super easy to root for. Yes, he's terribly flawed and was awful in the playoffs and all that stuff. But, like, Kawhi doesn't seem like a guy I'm particularly, like, jazzed to root for every single night. He kind of seems like a weirdo. I don't know how it's all going to play out and whether he's going to be healthy or not. I kind of am confident he'll be healthy. But, um, yeah, I'm going to miss DeMar. He was, like, he was the thing that we could defend to no end, even though no one ever respected him. And maybe for good reason. But, yeah, I don't know what you guys, like, what the impression of DeMar is elsewhere. But he's, like, going to go down as... Probably the most beloved Raptor of all time, outside of, like, Pops Mensa Bonsu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say outside, at least in round ball rock circles, uh, we are pretty staunch DeMar DeRozan defenders. Yeah. Like, we're, we're anti-NBA uh, brainiacs um, who, like, just view, like, basketball as cap space. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I mean... I think it's been made clear that Daryl Morey is an enemy of our podcast. So <laughs> anyone who's not like Daryl Morey, we're pretty pro. And I DeMar like, gets better every year. Yeah, he does. I do like to envision every time DeMar hits like a stupid contested 18-footer that he's just giving a middle finger to nylon calculus. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can you can see how... Now, granted, this is a bad example because of how DeMar plays in the playoffs. But like... <laughs> Every year, the Rockets run into this panic situation when somebody takes away their layups and threes, and then they're like, what do we do? We're afraid of the mid-range. Daryl Morey throws garbage at us when we shoot an 18-footer. So that's kind of great. Also, like, if DeMar DeRozan was around 10 years earlier, I mean, wouldn't he have, like, an all-star MVP award or something? Like, like he could have... Isn't he better than Richard Hamilton, like, significantly? Yes. And, yes. And so with that guy's reputation, like, he's just he's just a, good, he's a good player. Like, it's not even like, I guess maybe he's a little overpaid, but even that is, like, not that extreme. And it's like, you know, it, it, he got paid after eight years playing for a franchise and improving every year. Like, there's... He's he's like a he's an admirable success story, and Raptors uh, fans were just psyched that he wanted to take the money from the Raptors as opposed to literally every other free agent in the history of the team until the last three years. Yeah, yeah. that was good too. Also, dunks are fucking cool. Yeah, and, and all he of his dunks. dunks, all of his dunks, also in crunch time on people's heads. Yeah, always. like he had the one on Rudy Gobert a couple of years ago. He had the one in the playoffs on Thon Maker, which I'm uh, pretty sure ended Thon Maker's little renaissance. Yeah, <laughs> he had a coast to coast dunk to win a game against the Pistons at the buzzer this year. Poor Anthony right. Tolliver, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, now, did you feel like they needed to break up the team, though? I was like fine with them not breaking it up because, like I, like we've detailed, it's been pretty shitty for most of the time. <laughs> So, like, I was cool to run it back, like, be the Grizzlies of the East and just, like, have a team that everyone's going to like forever. But if there was an opportunity to get a superstar, then, yeah, like, go ahead and do it. And, like, I don't know. I feel like I said on my podcast a million times, like, 
keep the team together because you're not getting Kawhi Leonard. And then they got Kawhi Leonard. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, Any other wild predictions you want to make that might come true? <laughs> keep, keep Kyle Lowry in case Steph Cur- unless Steph Curry wants to come to town. <laughs> OG Ananobi's to definitely not going to win Defensive Player of the Year. This year. I don't know. Just throw some shit out. Yeah. So, so. I'm just excited for OG Ananobi and Kawhi Leonard to play defense together and be completely simpatico without saying a single word to each other. Just, like, be able to look at each other and know to switch kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's going to be... So there's this show that... I don't know if you guys can watch it or not. It's called Open Gym. It might be on YouTube. I don't know. It's like the they kind of follow the Raptors over the course of the whole season. And if there's one thing that is taking a hit, it's just, like, the personability of the players. Because DeMar talked his ass off all the time and, like, always talked when Kyle was being grumpy and surly and didn't want to talk. Yeah. Wait, and... Kyle Lowry's grumpy? <laughs> What? Jakob <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pertle was good to talk to, too. Like, he was pretty, like, outgoing. And now you're bringing in Kawhi Leonard to pair with OG Ananobi, who actively goes out of his way to make reporters look stupid to the point that I don't even try to talk to him anymore when I'm at games. Because I'm like, you know what? I don't need this today. Um, so it's going to be lean that way. But, yeah, it's a good trade. It's going to be good. They're going to be really good. They're going to be... Probably in the conference finals. I don't know. They're better than the Sixers, I think. What Whether are they, or not they're better yeah. than the Celtics, I don't know. But they're 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 really good. I think they're going to be great. Mm. Yeah, we're an anti-Celtics podcast, so uh, we prefer to not look at facts and just say uh, the Raptors are better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, do you, what are you personally doing to encourage Kawhi Leonard to stay in Toronto? <laughs> it takes the I, whole uh, north sean i think we gotta get him like there's like a lot of really good caribbean food in toronto so i'm hoping to like maybe get him some recommendations when i'm like covering the team this year and like get him going to the good spots because if anything toronto if there's anything toronto can offer that isn't really elsewhere it's caribbean food i don't know if he even cares about caribbean i don't even know if he eats but um I think that that's something I'm going to try to get him to do. Um, in terms, like, I don't know. the Just the championing of every time something happens. I'm trying to speak it, to, speak it into existence, I guess. So, like, every time something happens, I'm just, you know, quote tweeting with he's staying. And eventually, hopefully, it, it happens. <laughs> like, 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 when he takes the picture, like, barely smiling with Bobby Webster and Messiah Ujiri, it's like, oh, he's definitely staying. Look at his, his, his teeth here. <laughs> this means he's definitely happy and staying. Um, when he did that stupid purple fonted letter, I took pleasure in the fact that the font was purple. That's Raptors related. I thought, hey, this is good. This means he wants to be in Toronto. He likes the Raptors. He's on brand. Um, <laughs> he had the one line where he's like, I'm excited about my future. I just assume that means it means it's going to be in Toronto. So I'm just speaking it into existence because it'd be really damn cool if he stayed. Does Toronto here's have what a you sh- Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, here's what you shouldn't do. Mm. Uh, whatever you do... Don't let him see Bebe Noguera's band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I so think fall that's in love exactly with why Bebe hasn't been brought back. <laughs> like, we, can't, we can't let him get into jazz. Yeah, they brought in Greg Monroe to be super boring and be nondescript as to not upset the apple cart too much. I think Bebe would have been too much. He, he's like, I love Bebe. The dude's amazing. 
But he's too much of a wild card to have in the room with Kawhi, I think. I think Kawhi would be tired of his shit pretty quickly. Yeah, I think that's fair. Didn't he clash with a lot of foreign players in uh, San Antonio? Manu, <laughs> Tony Parker. <laughs> Tony Parker, yeah. Davis Bertans. Um. Uh, yeah, does, does Toronto have any equivalent to a river walk? What is the river walk again? It's like a... I can't. I'm not really sure. I, like I believe it's a bunch of strip malls on like a like a poison river in San Antonio. <laughs> uh, I know. Oh, that... so, so then he's got to go to Windsor because then yeah, that's there. <laughs> the the last time I was in Toronto, uh, a comedian friend of mine um, invited me to go to a nude beach in Toronto. But then, was it on the island? I think so. You had to take like a boat out there. Yeah. But he yeah. ended up taking mushrooms and being like too unconfident about giving me directions so uh, I... <laughs> and again he's an unnamed comedian but uh he's in a bunch of bands uh so look that up uh he lives in los angeles now he does not yeah. live in Toronto anymore and he made me he made me eat a bag of all dressed chips <laughs> what did you think of all this is very contentious uh do you like all dressed chips I did like them actually. I okay. I like I think maybe um it was probably different before uh like 5 to 10 years ago because now I feel like the US has so many crazy flavored chips it didn't seem as weird. It was like yeah. it was the same kind of like it's it tasted like to me something like 7-Eleven would invent here. Right. To me it's like they baked the chips with primo pasta and sauce, <laughs> yeah, that together because they're fucking disgusting. I cannot stand all dressed chips. And, oh, I, and like same with ketchup chips. Oh, I don't I like don't those. Like, I don't. Yeah, like those. ketchup's horrendous on its own, and then to put it on a chip just seems unnecessary at, at, at the very least, and like a, a hate crime at the, at the worst. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Keen, you brought up uh, you brought up Seven Eleven's chip selection lately. Uh, I just want to go and do my own tangent here real quick. Uh, 7-Eleven, cut it out with the chip flavors. I was at 7-Eleven yesterday, and I saw you were selling both prime, or no, yeah, it was prime rib flavored chips and Italian sausage flavored chips, and nobody wants that. Stop it, 7-Eleven. Stop some regular chips. Also, you're selling patty melts now. That's fucking weird. Stop oh. it. That's not what those people... They didn't sign on to be short-order cooks. <laughs> it's hard-working people at those 7-Elevens. All right. See, I'm pro-weird meat-flavored chips. They have them up in Canada. Um, they have, it's called World of Flavors. They have turkey stuffing. They have Jamaican jerk chicken. They have poutine, they have maple bacon, they've got ribs, which do taste like ribs, I guess. But uh, here's a question about rib-flavored chips. Uh, (laughs) You already, like, one of the most standard chip flavors is barbecue. And isn't the standard flavor of ribs barbecue? (laughs) Yes, I get what you're saying. It's different, trust me. It's... There's like a smokiness and like a sweetness to it, and like a kind of meatiness. I don't know how they do it. It's probably disgusting how they do it, but there is a difference between rib chips and just standard barbecue. I think I could be totally wrong, and just because of what's on the bag, my mouth is doing things and just telling sending me signals that aren't true. But 
I, I do believe there's a slight difference, and they're good as hell. All right, I believe it. I believe it, Sean Woodley. <laughs> I can I can send some to you guys if you want. I can send you the. <laughs> I think there's a Canadian burger one, which I, that seems weird. I don't know how you do just a burger, but what what is different between a Canadian burger and an American burger? I have no goddamn. Well, they don't have quarter pounders because of the metric system. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't they have quarter pounders? <laughs> it's not like, I mean, they sell drinks in liter sizes in America, and no one's like, what? <laughs> How much is it? Yeah, no, we have eight kilograms or something like that. <laughs> uh, so my next question for you, Sean Woodley, mm-hmm. is uh, are the Raptors playoff chokers or do they just choke against LeBron I think you could have said until a couple years ago that they're playoff chokers because of that fucking wizard series that will Uh, never ever go away Um, also the fuck Brooklyn series that series okay no they didn't choke in that series they weren't supposed to win that series this was it that 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 was a team that like ran out Landry Fields for real minutes in that series they were not (laughs) that was that was the and and the People thought that Nets team was going to be, like, an all-star team. Yeah, and, like, they were really good in the second half, and they, like, tanked to play the Raptors because they knew the Raptors were young and inexperienced and had a lot of John Salmons playing, and they, like, they they performed well. It was... Game 7 is one of the coolest Raptors games I can remember because they made a big comeback. Terrence Ross had that incredible, like, steal and throw out of bounds off of Paul Pierce's leg. That was beautiful, and then Paul Pierce decided to block Kyle Lowry and ruin everything, but for the most part, that was like a feel-good game. Things felt better going out of that year than any other year before, and like it seemed like good things were coming, and then the Wizards series happened, and it seemed like they were just going to blow it all up because it was so terrible, and then for some reason, they kept it together, and it got good, and then like, I guess you could say they almost choked that Pacers series away, um... But they didn't. They ended up pulling it out because Frank Vogel decided to play a whole lot of Rodney Stuckey and Ty Lawson in the fourth quarter of Game Five. Always and, a good choice. Yeah, like just the only <laughs> the only time it's good to play uh, to have Rodney Stuckey and um, uh, Ty Lawson is if you're a, the owner of a bar they just walked into. <laughs> <laughs> that game is so. I don't know if you guys remember that game. Uh, like the Raptors were down. Like 13 going into the fourth. The series was tied at two. It was going back to Indy. And it really felt like this was the last time this iteration of the Raptors was going to play at home because there was no way they were winning that game six. And they got shit canned in the game six after winning game five. But in that game five, like, Frank Vogel ran his entire bench unit out with no Paul George or Miles Turner for like seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then. Like, Drake forced Rodney Stuckey into a turnover by clapping in his ear. And, oh, uh, I, I remember yeah, that. That was a weird-ass game. That was... ended up kind of turning the season around, but um, that, that's the closest you could say that they came to choking against a non-Cavs team over the last few years, I think. I heard that that game was the reason the Orlando Magic wanted to hire Frank Vogel. They're like, this is Orlando Magic basketball right here. Not knowing what center to play... Pulling all the wrong levers. Bring him This home. is what finally gets us to tank into a top two pick. Welcome to Epcot, baby. <laughs> um, all right. So they're not, they're, they're like, DeMar DeRozan might be a choker. I, I will say that. Or just like easy to defend in the playoffs. Like, Kyle's been pretty good. 
Jamar had the game where he had eight points on only free throws and Giannis in the press conference. I think just because he was like a wide-eyed puppy dog who didn't really want to insult him, but just the way he said it when he looked down at the box score and said, Jamar only had eight points, and it was all on free throws. And, and like, so that was a pretty... <laughs> That was a pretty low moment, but that's yeah, like, that's like when, when, a, this, when like the when sweetest I, boy on earth is accidentally insulting you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when it's like a a child points out something terrible about your physical appearance. <laughs> <laughs> when I was coaching swimming, there was a year when um, I I'd, I'd given these seven and eight year olds a a talk about listening, and then I said any questions, and one kid said, "Coach Sean, why do you have hair on your shoulders?" And then my authority was gone for the rest of the summer. Um, my next question for you, Sean Woodley, is uh, how upset would you be if uh, Bruno Caboclo is good for the uh, Houston Rockets this year? If it turned out Fran Fraschilla was just one year off of his prediction of being <laughs> two years away from being two years away. It would be pretty disheartening, I got to say. So there's this, there's this commercial that runs on uh, NBA TV Canada, which is an awful channel that runs, like, the same four shows over and over, and the same four Raptors games over and over. Like, I've seen the Raptors beat the Bulls in 1996 about 100 <laughs> times because <laughs> it's all they have. But so there's this commercial that's shot, obviously. It's part of, like, the Open Gym crew shooting the show, and it's of the draft where they take Bruno Caboclo, and they're in the draft room, and Masai Ujiri's sitting there, like, just, like, nervously hoping he falls to 20, which is really funny in hindsight, and he, when they take him, he's like, this is going to be a good one, guys, this is going to be a good one, and I've heard this is going to be a good one so many times over the last (laughs) four years, because they still run it, um, that, like, I'm convinced Bruno Caboclo is still going to be a good one. And if he becomes a good one with, with the Rockets, and that commercial is still airing on NBA TV Canada, which I'm certain it will be because they <laughs> haven't changed it, there's still Wayne Casey commercials running on there right now. Um, that That's going to like be just like a kick to the nuts every single time it runs, which is like twice a game, twice a like twice an hour when you're watching a classic game. Oh, my God. Normally, this would have been our lead story for the entire week, by the way. Yeah, the, the Houston Rockets <laughs> signing Bruno yeah, Caboclo. It's a classic lead round ball rock story. <laughs> um, Sean, did you want to talk to uh, Sean yeah. about um, so, uh, coach names here for a second? So, so I don't know a lot about Nick Nurse. I've seen what he – he has a, kind of an odd look. I like how kind of like – it seems like kind of aggressive his dressing is. I but... was shocked by how old he was, I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah. Because Nick Nurse is a young man's name. Yeah, and I would just say, how confident are you about a team who's coached by a guy named Nurse? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a change, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Casey had his faults, but, like, I believed in the dude to be able to be competent like i it's either going to go one of two ways either nick nurse is going to make celtics fans jealous that he's not their coach or he's going to be a complete washout i don't really know how to handicap that right now mm-hmm. i think he's going to be fine like he's a weird basketball nut like he's coached in like weird 
dark internet circles of basketball <laughs> like in Eng- in England and stuff. So like, I think he's put in the time. Yeah, he did win a championship for 8chan, I believe. So that's <laughs> <laughs> coaching on the dark web. Um, so I, I looked back and I tried to compile a list of the most uninspiring head coach names I could find. And these are in... These are just presented in uh, descending order of career wins. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go through real quickly. Uh, Cotton Fitzsimmons <laughs> just just sounds racist to me. You know what I mean? Like like shouldn't be like I I feel like that's a very successful uh, SEC college football coach name. He definitely mm-hmm. coached before the jump shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bernie Bickerstaff. I feel like Bickerstaff is. See, I have an argument here. I think JB Bickerstaff is worse than Bernie Bickerstaff. Because I mean, Bernie Bernie Bickerstaff sounds more like a coach to me, where JB Bickerstaff sounds like a like a like an evil reporter <laughs> in like a television show. I was thinking like a guy who owned like a haunted puppet theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I picked Bernie just because he had way more wins. Fair. Um, Didn't he coach that Hornets team? That Hornets, he did. The well, no, the Bobcats. He's the yeah. inaugural Bobcats coach. Yeah. Was he not coached during the seven-win season? Uh, I believe he might have been. Yeah, he probably was, yeah. Maybe JB. But it might have been Paul Silas. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, Joe Lapchick. Yeah, that's not a good name. Uh, uh, Eddie Jordan. I feel like being named Jordan in basketball and not being Michael Jordan, only DeAndre <laughs> has been able to overcome that. Eddie Jordan's the most mad guy about JaVale McGee and Nick Young getting championship rings together, <laughs> Oh, right? my yeah. God. <laughs> oh, it, he's got to hate it so much that, like, everything he said about getting serious was like, no, 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 you just need to play with better players. <laughs> well, also it had to hit. He has to hate it because, like, those Eddie Jordan teams were just based on getting guys who weren't successful for the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, and then he reversed it. <laughs> uh, okay, um, PJ Carlissimo. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's PJ is bad. I have a soft spot for PJ because he's like the only American analyst who, when he does a Raptors national TV game, like likes the Raptors. <laughs> he's usually pretty complimentary of like the bench and like knows about Kyle Lowry, and that's like a step up from the Reggie Millers of the world and, and well, whoever else does games. Yeah, but I'm gonna just tell for you the for the record, you do not like Reggie Miller. No, he's bad. Yeah, he's bad. Everyone yeah. knows that. Okay, just uh, Corbin. Corbin can go to hell. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I've got to say, though, Sean, unfortunately, it that has nothing to do with the Raptors and everything to do with P.J. Carlissimo being an antagonist. And he's like, <laughs> oh, I can antagonize an entire... P.J. Carlissimo sounds like an Italian slur. Like Tony Soprano being like, what are you doing hanging out with this Carlissimo? <laughs> This I forgot, P.J. Carlissimo was an assistant coach during probably the worst season in franchise history, the year after Chris Bosh left. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he was underneath Jay Triano, which uh, doesn't speak too highly of his ability. Also, not a great coach name. Uh, no, Jay no. Triano, no. <laughs> no, he's... I feel bad for Jay Triano, man. Uh, he's, like, been Canada's head coach for, I don't know, 20 years, aside from, like, a four-year stint where Leo Routens, the Raptors' color guy now, was the coach, and he was so bad that they were like, well, I guess we got to bring Jay back. We don't have any other Canadians to coach this team, and we have to have a Canadian. So he's just been there, even though he's bad. <laughs> like it's, And that's why Canada basketball loses to teams like Venezuela in qualifying tournaments, even though... You know, they have their full complement of good players like Anthony Bennett available. <laughs> uh, real quickly through some of these bad coach names, Gary St. Jean. Just, uh, similarly, Buddy Jeanette. I don't think you want, like, a grandma's last. A grandma's first name is your last name. <laughs> Buddy Jeanette sounds like a, like a man who was, like, very, very handsome in the 1930s, and someone would be like, oh, he looks like Buddy Jeanette, and you'd be like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> it turns out he was, like, like a Weimar Republic sympathizer or something. <laughs> uh, other, other names, Keith Smart. Uh, the running theme is a lot of these people have worked for the Warriors. Keith Smart is uh-huh. very uninspiring. Uh, Butch Beard. And then there were some people. Excuse me? Say that name again? Butch Beard. Butch Beard, that sounds like a uh, like a drag queen name. Uh, like a drag <laughs> king name, actually. I think. Yeah, sorry, drag king name. You're right, correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, I feel like I've heard the name a lot, but I don't really know who Butch Beard is. Oh, he was the, he was the, he was on the Warriors championship team in 75. He was the starting point guard. <laughs> all right, that's all. Uh, unsuccessful Nets coach. Oh, and then the last one's Claire B. That that was the least inspiring name. And <laughs> also in the grandma name times two category. A uh, career record of thirty-two and one hundred seven. Gene Gene Littles went forty-four and one eleven, and then Gar Hurd, uh, twenty-three and seventy-four. Mainly because I don't understand the name Gar. Yeah. Just don't be named Gar if you want to have successful. A successful NBA career, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Although you, in in some cases, you can never be fired if you're Gar Foreman. <laughs> um. All right, Sean. There was another game you wanted to play with Sean. Yeah. Here, I just pulled. Uh, I pulled some yeah. Raptors all-time leaders, uh, and I just wanted to talk about some of them. Uh, so the, I, you probably you probably know this as a Raptors expert. Top five Raptors in in career points for the franchise. Uh, number one is Demar Derozan. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is Morris Peterson. <laughs> Three is Jose Calderon. <laughs> and, you know, famous scorer Jose Calderon. Uh, fourth is Chris Bosh, and fifth is Amir Johnson. Are you looking at the right list? I might be looking at the wrong <laughs> list here. Now that I've, I was like, now that I said the points, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, this is not the. You game. Might, that might be games. That's games. That is the games okay. list. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Jesus. Yeah, that's Amir Johnson is okay. not Just one of the be... points leaders. He's eleventh. Oh, he is eleventh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, so those are those are the game leaders. I'm sorry. Uh that was not uh 
Oh, he is 11th in points. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I apologize. Bargs is 5th in points. Uh, Doug Christie's mm. ninth. So I just wanted to, to ask, like, what do you feel is more emblematic of the Raptors franchise, that Morris Peterson is 2nd in games played or that Amir Johnson is 5th? Yeah, I mean... Both are pretty emblematic. Like, Amir Johnson was good. I liked Amir Johnson. And Mo Pete, I think, probably is, like, a little glorified by Raptors fans because for a long time he was, like, the only wing who, A, wanted to be here and, B, like, didn't get hurt all the time. He was, like, an Iron Man on a team where Vince Carter was hurt all the time. Um, like, I think the more emblematic thing is that, like, Joey Graham is 14th. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, like that's that's the kind of, like those are the things you have to go to to really get the the nitty gritty history of rap of the Raptors. Like the games played thing, some dudes just happened to be stuck here for a while. Uh-huh. Um, but like the points, if you go down, like Terrence Ross is 14th. That doesn't make any sense. Danielle Marshall's like 19th, despite playing a season and a half. <laughs> like, hey, oh. he he had several games where he. Made a billion three pointers for the Raptors. Yeah, he held the record for the longest time until like two years ago. And One of my favorite things is during that game where Steph Curry is going to break that record. Uh, Jim Barnett, who has been the Warriors color guy forever, <laughs> including the years Danielle Marshall was with the Warriors, <laughs> says Steph Curry's at like eight three pointers, and Jim Barnett breaks for like the first time in his career and goes. We got to get Danielle Marshall out of here. Let's make these three steps. <laughs> uh, where where do you think Danielle Marshall ranks among the Toronto Raptors all-time leaders in career player efficiency rating? I'm pretty sure he's like top 3. Uh he is fourth. He is the fourth. Yeah. This list <laughs> this list is like the funniest shit ever. Okay, let's, this PER list. Let's go through the PER list here. Uh, number one, Vince Carter. Two, mm-hmm. Chris Bosh. Pretty close. Kyle Lowry, 20.3. These, those are all like all-star numbers. Fourth, Danielle Marshall. Fifth, <laughs> Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, slightly behind him, number six, Tracy McGrady. Um, <laughs> Of seven six. is the one that killed seven. Me. Seven and ten. Seven. TJ Ford. <laughs> uh, TJ Ford is the guy the Raptors traded Charlie Villanueva for after Charlie Villanueva had like maybe the best rookie season by a Raptor since Vince Carter, uh-huh. <laughs> which is depressing as shit. Like this is he was like the. The other side of the bridge that was Hoffa, Rujo, and Bars, and a bunch of picks that they traded for nothing. There is like a certain point where Brian Colangelo every offseason is just like, I'm making a deal. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Roy Hibbert for Jerry Bayless, whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so number eight on this list is DeMar DeRozan. Nine is Jose Calderon. The tenth in PER in this Raptors is history. mind-boggling. A guy you probably forgot played in the NBA at all, Keon Clark. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I believe Keon Clark kind of, like, walked away from basketball the way that, like, someone walks into the ocean. 
Well, he's yeah. a very bad person, if I remember correctly. If there's correctly. a jail at the bottom of the ocean, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, oh, yeah, he's he just got out of prison. He had, he was sentenced to eight years for weapons charges. Um, mm-hmm. The U.S. Marshals I had actually to think bring he's doing in. better now, which is good. Yeah. There was a nice story written about him recently. Somehow they tried That's... him. You know what? The problem is he's had a drinking problem. Yeah. Now that he's That's sober. He would get, like, he would be drunk during games. Like, for the Raptors, I'm pretty sure that came out. Yeah, he he would drink half a pint of gin at halftime. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, he still had a game for the Raptors where he had 12 blocks. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was like what people wanted Tyrus Thomas to be. Yeah. And that's what you could have drafted if you hadn't taken Andre Borgani. <laughs> I remember the Kings got him in 2002, and it was like, now that they got Keon Clark, finally they got a Shaq stopper. And then it uh, <laughs> didn't quite work out for them. Um, uh, couple, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going long, but I'll, a couple tidbits. Uh, Kyle Lowry is about to become the all-time Raptors leader in steals. Who is he about mm-hmm. to pass who currently has the number one spot? Do you know? Well, I think he, he might have passed DeMar. Or like him and DeMar were like neck and neck this season because this was a thing. They were both chasing down Doug Christie for the all-time. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is Doug Christie. <laughs> it was like a... It was like a thing, at least for me, to see who was going to get there first. Kind of a shocking amount of steals from Doug Christie, I have to say. He was the only good defensive player they had for like six years. Yeah, I guess he... He was the only like real NBA caliber player they had who actually like didn't ask for a trade in his second season. Okay, the weirdest member of the leaders in steals per game. It's Doug Christie's number one, Kyle's two. Mm-hmm. Number four is Walt Williams, and... Insanely enough, number ten on that list is Oliver Miller. <laughs> I think you're looking at the wrong list again. Steals per well, this is steals per game. This is not the total. Oh, steals. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, the steals list is normal, but steals per game is very. <laughs> like I guess Oliver Miller gambled a lot. <laughs> It's really weird. Yeah, the steals list is pretty normal. The only no, no one weird on that list. It's all guys yeah, you think would be there. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh. Um. I I would say impressively on the all time fouls list, Antonio Davis is ninth, despite mm-hmm. only playing four and a half years with Toronto. That's a long Raptors career. That is a Everyone wanted out after like two. <laughs> Uh, the thing that's great is he secured his place because they traded for him in 2006, and he only played mm. eight games, but he managed to uh, commit 26 fouls, even though he was only playing like 17 <laughs> minutes a game. So that's why he is uh, ahead of, God, who's 10th? Anyway, it, it, that last appearance passed, uh, oh yeah, he passed Calderon in fouls by doing that, or he stayed ahead of him. Uh, the other thing that's amazing about Antonio Davis is I didn't realize he'd been traded for Jalen Rose twice. Yeah. <laughs> the Raptors traded him for Jalen Rose and then traded Jalen Rose for him. So that's <laughs> kind of incredible. Was Daniel Marshall in both of those? Oh, I wish. Them? I wish. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he is There's... in the first one. I think Lonnie Baxter's in one of them, too. Uh... There's a... <laughs> oh, Lonnie Baxter, the only guy I know. Who was arrested for shooting a gun outside the White House? Oh, the only NBA. <laughs> um, the only NBA player. Yeah. <laughs> Did we learn why? 
<laughs> no. Uh, I think he was just drunk. Oh. Um, all right. Uh, so oh, yeah. Going, all the drunk, gun-toting big men played for the Raptors at one yeah, point. He, he was driving by the White House. It's not like he was shooting at the White House. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the last two. All-time Toronto yeah. Raptors leader in true shooting percentage. It's Bebe. It is Bebe. Yes. And uh, in the in the all-time box score plus-minus leaders, uh, not surprisingly, Daniel Marshall is fourth. Uh, fifth is Jamario Moon. Fifth in <laughs> plus-minus for his career. Love Jamario Moon. And uh, in ninth place, not that many years, but plays well when he's on the court. Going to be a great Tim Hortons manager someday. DeLon Wright. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you get rid of all the qualifications for games played, every single one of these records be- belongs to uh, Pages Stoyakovich. <laughs> like, two games and then got hurt, and then they traded him or released him or something after he was traded. I think in the, like I think he might have been in the Jermaine O'Neal deal. They got him with Sean Marion, I think, or oh something. There's some weird trade triangle where him, Sean Marion, and Jermaine O'Neal were involved. And Page played two games. I think they put a lot of marketing into him, and then he got hurt and never played again. But he, I, until this season, he was the all-time leader in three-point percentage at 67%, <laughs> two for three. <laughs> it's probably a great but Now, ER, now, now Nigel, Hayes is, Nigel Hayes is now 100% and will be forever. So he ruined that. Man. Um, so Hito actually played a full season in Toronto. Well, that was, that was going to be my final question oh, for yeah. Sean Woodley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean, before we before we get to Sean Keane's big three three minutes, uh, I want to ask you: Do you have anything terrible you want to say to Hidu Turkaloo? Uh, I just hope the pizza pizza crust that he consumed in the commercial he was in again with the terrible Raptors Italian or European players eating Italian food in commercials. Um, he had this commercial where he was like sitting on a couch eating pizza pizza, which is probably the equivalent of like Pop- Papa John's. Up here. I think it's Little Caesars, actually. Oh, no, we have Little Caesars. It's, oh, it's weird. Different. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very bad. It's like it's the pizza that whenever you're watching your Raptors game and everyone goes nuts when they score 100 points, mm-hmm. that's the pizza everyone gets for free with their ticket. It's garbage. Um, it, it, the, 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 the crust tastes like cardboard and whatever, but. In the commercial, he's sitting on the couch, eating, just housing an entire pizza, eight slices and all, and... and <laughs> just like Miles Turner. Yeah. Exactly. He's doing the Turner. He's got, like, a bottle of Sprite, like, a full two-liter bottle of Sprite <laughs> that he's chugging, and Jay Triano's calling him on the phone, like, make sure you're watching the game tape, make sure you're working out, and he's like, okay, coach, and then hangs up. There was no acting involved with this commercial, I, I'm sure. They just... It was like a like a like a Big Brother like camera just catching him on a random Wednesday night at his house. Um, so I just I hope the the pizza pizza got to you some way. Yo, Circle I hope you're four hundred pounds now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Hedo in the big three. All right. Yeah, he's um... well. He's currently a senior advisor to Erdogan in Turkey. And uh, oh, among cool. the trumped-up charges that makes Ennis Cantor a political prisoner, like a potential political prisoner, he's currently a salary cap prisoner in New York, uh, was insulting <laughs> Hito on Twitter. So, great, great job, very Hito. cool. Yeah, Hito seems very cool. Yeah. Um. All right, Sean. To end the show, 
Let's hear about the big three. Okay, we've gotten to the final of the big three. It's power. I'm timing you. You have three minutes. Uh, It's power versus Three's Company. Power is a team featuring the all-star squad of Glenn Big Baby Davis, Chris Birdman Anderson, Katino Mobley, Quentin Richardson, and Corey McGetty, coached by Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman, versus Baron Davis, Dante Jones, Jason Maxiel, Dermar Johnson, Drew Gooden, and... The not famous but actually good player Andre Emmett. Uh, I predicted before the season that Baron Davis's team would make the final and lose, uh, just from his force of will. I think they might actually win. Baron Davis is currently hurt, uh, <laughs> and oh, Michael Cooper is the coach of Three's Company, and he has some weird stat now where he's like coached in the CBA, the G League. The, yeah, the NBA, the WNBA, the G League, the CBA, and now the Big Three. So, like, he's he's won some kind of, like, real weird bingo game where you get, like, a copy of George Carl's book as a result. Um, Ricky Davis led the Big Three in scoring, which has always been his destiny. Um, that's the best thing about the Mike Bibby injury. Corey McGetty was second in the league in scoring, by the way. So if you're wondering how watchable the basketball is, Corey McGetty was second in the league in scoring. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the Steven Jackson, Ron Artest, uh, killer threes team was not as combustible. Well, they were as combustible as we expected, but Chauncey Billups didn't really show up for any games. I mean, like, literally... Mm, again? For the second year in a row? Yeah, yeah, the Cavs are still talking with him about the GM position. They just can't <laughs> find common ground. But uh, next year, they're going to replace Billups with just a hive of bees, and that's the best combination <laughs> for that Oakley squad. Um... I'm rooting for Baron Davis. I want Baron Davis to win, and I want him to, like, kiss Laura Dern at center court at the Barclays. Mm-hmm. I just find it incredibly fitting that the only two teams without at least two Raptors players from, like, the late box <laughs> and early 2010s uh, are, are in the finals. Oh. It's, it's extremely Raptors for that to happen. Yeah, uh, and Bonzi Wells, I think, is still above 300 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and also, the team that almost knocked off that power team was another dark horse. Uh, and I don't remember what. A Tri-State, which has Amari Stoudemire and Nate Robinson. And via, like, those dudes almost did well. So Amazing actor. Amazing method actor Nate Robinson, yeah. Um, is Reggie Evans always as much of a boss as he was at the one in Toronto? Yeah, because they... I feel like I'm surprised his team didn't go far. He, he was on the three-headed monsters, right? Uh, he is on. Yeah, he's on the three-headed. They just had like a. I think Richard Lewis got hurt. Is what happened, uh, and he was the best player in the league last year. So, uh, yeah, no, he's like it's the perfect combination because his whole job was to just fucking clear out guys. So Mahmoud, <laughs> who just like doesn't miss shots anymore, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf could just make shots, and then, but yeah, they were they were kind of light on. They unfortunately could not rely on the scoring touch of a 48-year-old man for the entirety of the <laughs> summer. He really is 48 years old. <laughs> he's he's as old as Michael Porter Jr. thinks Vince Carter is. <laughs> All right. 
Um, all right. Sean Keane, you first. What would you like to plug? Uh, come to this Up on the Roof show in San Francisco on September 8th. And if you want to check out the Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley on September 11th, never forget to enjoy live comedy. <laughs> uh, Sean Woodley, what would you like to tweet? Uh, what would you like to plug? Uh, listen to Locked on Raptors. Somehow we're filling out multiple episodes a week in the summer when there's nothing going on. So tune in for that, I guess. Um, we just ranked the 12 most essential classic Raptors games to put on an NBA TV theme day for the Raptors. That got kind of dark. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, just check out the podcast. Uh, yeah, listen to Locked on Raptors for sure. Thanks for doing this, Sean. Thank you guys and for having me. This was a blast. Of course. And finally... As for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. We're 629-2012, I tweeted, just got stung by a scorpion. Never felt pain like this. Leg numb. Vision blurry. I think I'm dying. (laughs) Maybe he died. (laughs) Um, Trust the process, everyone. And uh, shut it down. Let's sign Landry Fields to hopefully (laughs) sign Steve Nash. Before Andre hits the court, he must be ready for anything. Exercise and drills help Andrea stay game ready, but to be fully prepared, Andrea needs to eat right. With Primo Pasta and Sauce as part of a balanced diet and healthy lifestyle, Andrea can compete game in, game out. Primo Pasta and Sauce. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.